Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. This week I'm bringing you a band who play their own unique blend of atmospheric black metal with some hardcore cross-punk undertones. The band are, I'll try and pronounce this correct now, is Ditzrit. And they have band members in both Amsterdam and in Sweden. So can I introduce you guys to George and Yella, who we can't see. He's only on audio for the moment. We'll see how that goes. But um, I think he, he can see us. Am I right, Yella? Yeah, I sure can. Yeah, happy day. So guys, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. And uh, come here, congratulations on Mortal Coil. What an album. Yeah, thank you very much. Are you both happy with how it's going and how is how has it been received? Uh, yeah, definitely. I um, I got to be honest. When we put out the record, I was a little bit nervous on how it was going to get received. Okay. Because it's our first output as a full band. Uh, yeah. Before the uh, two albums before, uh, were still released as a solo project uh, from Christopher. Um, but yeah, I think actually, quite early after the release of Spirit Crusher, we. Uh, well, Christopher wanted to proceed to the project as a full band. That's okay. when we came in the picture. And me and Christopher wrote the newest record together. That's also why I can hear some slightly more newer influences in that record. Yeah. yeah. But so far, we got uh, really a lot of positive reactions. And also personally, uh, I have to say everything turned out uh, how we wanted it to turn out. Good, so I'm good. Really happy with it. And Yella, the same with you? Yeah, yeah. Right after, I mean, we w recorded it um, last year, September, I believe. Okay. And um, right after we were done uh, recording it, uh, or last year, a uh, year before. Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my perception of time is completely messed up with this whole uh, Corona thing. Yeah. <laughs> but right after we were done recording, we were like, "This this album sounds pretty solid." Like, we were all, yeah, very satisfied with how everything came came together uh, in the studio and stuff, and and the reception like, was was equally good. I would yeah, say, like, the feedback has been unbelievably positive. I mean, you you go through every review, like I mean, it's you're you're on high scores everywhere. You know, it's I think I won't say it's something totally. It is unique <laughs> in the sense that you've mixed a few genres, and you, as I said, you mix around with a bit of. Crust and punk, and obviously post black being the main theme behind it. Am I right? I mean, was that is that was that the plan? Was it a post black record? If you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But to be very honest, uh, at least for me and Christopher, there were not that much post black influences at all. Okay, I think um, some more modern records were listening a lot during that time were Vanum, Ageless Fire, okay. and Spectral Wounds, Infernal Decadence, and for the rest, yeah. I always had a weak spot for a lot of um, like old school heavy metal stuff like Judas yeah. Priest, but also some of the Japanese hardcore stuff that's already borderline heavy metal, like okay. Death Side, for example. So that's where a lot of the twin guitar leads came in. But also some classic black metal, like let's say uh, Dissection, for example. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, it's not really classic, but it's definitely been a big influence for us. Maybe some of Wolves in the Throne Room, but really post black. There's not really much influence from our okay. side in it. Okay. But I, I guess what gives that post kind of sound is yeah. uh, influences from post rock bands like uh, Godspeed, Black Emperor, and mm -hmm. Luna. Mm -hmm. It's definitely down to the atmosphere of it, isn't there? There's a lot of atmosphere in your album, I suppose, and that's probably what triggers this whole post 
vibe maybe, I, I, I don't know, am I right? But I, I, I personally can hear an awful lot of 80s melodies, as we said, a lot of dual guitaring, a lot of that sort of Maiden-esque sound, you know? Um, mm-hmm. That's what makes it very interesting for me. Yellow, what do you think yourself? Well, well, I know you don't like classifying music really, like, but... Um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the post aspect comes uh, naturally. It's not... Mm. Uh, for me and George, it's, it's not really... Our, our main thing. I know that Christopher is more into uh, a lot of post bands, hmm. but it, it, it just kind of evolves in that way when you play such, like um, they, on, the, on the guitars, they really create soundscapes yeah. in between the heavy parts. You have these raging blast beats and then exactly, the yeah. parts, and then it just quiets down and you get these, they, they create soundscapes with the, yeah. um, Effects I, on the guitar. I suppose that, really... that, that shredding tremolo guitar sound is 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 really what stands out to me. Like on this album, it's the melodies and the harmonies. It just hits up and down. It's incredible. Like it's really really great stuff. Um, the band name, lads. Before I go any further, where does it come from? Or is there a meaning to the word itself? To be honest, that's a uh, that's a good question. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what the answer to that is. That's what Christopher <laughs> knows. He came up with the band name and uh, yeah, I never really asked him about it uh, to be right. very honest, even about some of the lyrics of the previous album <laughs> or even of this current album. We didn't really talk much about it. I wrote my lyrics. They have my own meaning. He wrote his part of the meaning of his, uh, I mean, he wrote his part of his lyrics. Mm. He has no meaning to them. We only know we pretty much agreed uh, on the concept. Uh, okay. And from that point on, it was just like, yeah, you know what? We got four songs. Uh, because we finished the music before we wrote the lyrics, and then okay. from that point on, we was we were just like, let's just see what, yeah, what, what we're gonna write to this. How do you say? Let's just see what kind of emotion the, these songs are gonna bring up. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, we just started writing. And uh, I don't know, since the lyrics are quite personal, yeah, uh, I didn't really talk with Christopher about it. I'm a bit more open about this kind of stuff, also because I think it's important to take away the stigma on certain topics. Yeah. Like yeah. whenever it's uh, death or, uh, or suicide or even <laughs> substance abuse or self-mutilation or any of those things, I kind of think it's important to take the stigma away from those things. But I totally, I know agree. Some people, I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. But also also people don't really want to talk about it or anything. And I respect that as well. And I leave it for what it is. And also another thing with the lyrics, I kind of feel like everyone should have their own, um, interpretation of it yeah i mean does, i have my own story and everyone has their own story as well so does everybody have an input to the lyrics or, or is this specifically yourself george and um christopher. Sorry, christopher is it just the two of yourselves with the lyrics or yeah yeah do you uh, have any involvement in them no i don't write any of the lyrics uh, okay i leave that not to them they mainly write most of the the songs and the structure and the riffs is 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 uh, their teamwork basically yeah and, uh, yeah me and Brandon come in like at the very at end of the bit when we're like assembling the songs and okay. just... they're the cherry on the pie. <laughs> <laughs> they make they make all the difference. Tell me, like yeah. that's um like the success that you've had right with Mortal Coil so far. Like when you look at your Bandcamp page and stuff, do you see people going back to your older albums and purchasing? Is it a case of they hear Mortal Coil and they go through? I won't call it a back catalog. There's two albums there, but. Do they yeah. check them out? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I'm actually pretty sure about it because I also see it with their other projects. For example, mm-hmm. me and Yella have uh, another side project called Destructo, which is a bit more 
80s black okay. death thrash kind of worship so just think about uh Bethry fornicating with sarcophago fornicating with gism and they get destructo basically uh, but yeah, we had a lot of people actually buy that record or check out that record just because uh, they knew, oh, it's members of Dutzrit. So yeah, exactly. Let's see what we can expect. And do you find Bandcamp a good platform to use, or has has oh, yeah, Spotify done anything for you? No, I mean Spotify. <laughs> it's it's yeah. nice to see the streams, like the the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but other yeah. than that, it's uh, nah. Nah. It's, yeah, it's, good, it's good for, for promo people, in, but... in playlists and that kind of stuff that's what it's for exactly yeah I spoke yeah. to um, one of the lads from Monosphere and he said the same thing really it's it's a sort of necessary evil as such isn't it you, you feel the need to have to use it but it's yeah. criminal it's fucking criminal yeah, what's going really on here yeah. it's, it's good I mean, for the accessibility you know yeah. and then other yeah. than that I mean it doesn't benefit any artist in any way <laughs> no, no no definitely not yeah I mean uh yeah, it's um, it, that's the only thing. It's convenient, but the whole first of all, the whole business also, uh, it's uh, it's pretty fucked up. So it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it is. We move away from so before it gets us all in bad form, really. Tell me, lads, like the background to the band. I mean, how did you come together? As I said, George, to you earlier, I, I was under the assumption there was two of you guys from Sweden and two from Amsterdam, but that's not the case. Am I right? No, that's not the case. Uh, yeah. Actually, three from us are from the Netherlands, and uh, yeah, Christopher is from Sweden. Um, yeah, it came together. It's uh, yeah, quite a funny story. I'm gonna try to wrap it up. No, you're fine. Lo- loads of time. Loads of time. Yeah. Well, um, I known Christopher for quite some time. I think for eight years now. Okay. I knew him from his old band, uh, Totem Skin. Um, I I don't know how I came across his band, but uh, I remember when I came across it. it uh, I really loved everything about the band. Mm-hmm. They were really playing this uh, mixture of uh, yeah of old yeah of old school emo violence like Page Ninety Nine, The Majority Rule, with also a lot of like uh, more modern crust like His Hero Is Gone, uh, From Ashes Rise, uh, but also some of the classics like Wolf Brigade. Yeah. But it also had some kind of like grindcore death metal vibe to it, like let's okay. say Entombed. Uh, or like some rotten sound and yeah just the whole combination of all those shouters together they executed it so perfectly yeah and I remember I just sent them a message like holy shit guys like uh, I came across your band and I've fallen in love with it uh, I'm not sure if you guys are touring anytime soon but uh, I would love to host a show for you guys in Amsterdam because uh, I used to sh- uh, host shows in Amsterdam for mm-hmm. quite some time um, and yeah and then um uh, yeah, then they told me they were on tour. I booked a show for them. And funny enough, uh, not much later, I decided also to start uh, a tape label, which is Wolves of Hades. And actually, yeah. Totem Skin was my very first release. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the show in Amsterdam, uh, I would always, uh, when I would book the shows for them, because I think I booked three or four shows for them. Okay. Uh, I would always play together with my other band. And we would always really have a great time together. We really... Uh, yeah, we really got a friendship through it. And I think at some point, unfortunately, Totem Skin uh, broke up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, me and Christopher were still in touch with each other. And I think at some point, uh, I actually asked him, uh, well, yeah, the thing was, um, how do I say again? Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine, he was supposed to play at the Roadburn Festival. Yeah. And he was telling me that he was in touch with the organization. He was like, yeah, uh, uh do you think you could maybe do something with one of your bands that might be fitting for Roadburn? 
And then I was thinking, like, I have a friend from Sweden that has a really cool project, which is Dirt Trip, because I think by that time he released his second record, which was Spirit Crusher. Yeah. And I just asked Christopher, like, hey, man, uh, we've been wanting to do some music together for some time and everything. Uh, a friend of mine might be able to get us on Roadburn. Uh, would you maybe be down to uh, play with uh, my band, The Creative Station? And then we just do a one-off set list under the name of Dutch Rit, uh, just for Roadburn Festival. Okay. Because I thought he was not interested in playing live anymore because, yeah, okay. when the band broke up, he was kind of done with touring and all that stuff. And he actually only wanted to keep it as a studio project. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, it would be really fun to do it. But then in the end, it uh, actually fell through and... Yeah, then, yeah, shit happens. And I was like, yeah, it fell through. Maybe we can look for another year. And then he told me, like, yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about it. And actually, I would really love to do this as a band again. So oh, would you be into do it, doing it together? And my first reaction was, like, dude, you live in fucking Sweden. How do you want to make this work? <laughs> How does this work? Like, yeah. And then he told me, like, yeah, can you get a band together in Amsterdam? And I was like, well, I could. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then the very first person I actually asked to join the band was Yella because we've been playing together now for almost 11 years in different bands. And then on drums, uh, I actually asked around to, to some friends of mine, uh, like, hey, do you guys know a drummer that might be fitting? And then I got forwarded uh, by my friend Afio to Brandon. And yeah, he liked the music. We all got together. Uh, we did some rehearsals and the chemistry was there straight away. And then we were like, you know what? Let's just do a tour as well. And if uh, we don't hate each other after the tour, then I guess we're a band for sure. Yes, there you go. Um, and and like how did Christopher travel to Amsterdam to meet you and and session with you and gig or to jam with you or did, was it all done online and how did how did it work? One man um, away from the rest. I mean, before uh, he actually just told us what the set list was. Uh, okay. I learned all the songs by ear, or if I didn't know how to play it, I would ask him. Then I learned the songs to Yella. Brendan, he just listened to the songs. He knows what to drum. And then we got together, I think, in December of 2018. Uh, with us already knowing all the songs, we just jammed and the chemistry was there. Mm. And I think we did our first show in March of 2019. And our first tour was in August of that same year. And yeah, that's how it worked. And for the writing process of yeah. Mortal Coil, if that's what you were wondering. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I had just some riffs in mind and Christopher as well. We were just like making videos and sending them back and forth because of mm -hmm. course he's living in Sweden, I'm living in Amsterdam. And a few times we actually uh, did like uh, Skype calls with each other where we would show each other riffs and try to build okay. something together. Yeah. Um, and in the end, the funny thing is like me and Christopher always have a lot of ideas uh, for riffs. Mm -hmm. Like writing riffs is something that goes off pretty well for us. But the thing that makes it hard is where you need to put them together. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. a puzzle. You have all these different pieces and you need to know how to put them together to make it flow like a story, basically, you know? Yeah. So how do you, like, again, you have you knuckle down and, and get the riffs out there, but how do you do the vocals? I know there's two of you share the vocal duties. Am I right? Yourself and Christopher again. Yeah. Um, how did you decide? Is it basically what you wrote lyrically, you sang and, and mm, vice no, versa? Even, no, um, I think it was really decided on the spot in the studio. We had the lyrics and yeah. Uh, and Christopher was just like, uh, can you sing on this part? Can you sing on that part? Uh, or I was like, oh, should I do that part? And yeah. Would you do that one? We pretty much decided that on the spot. 
And again, like, was there anyone else willing to stand up and, and do some vocals? Yella, were you interested in doing any vocals? Um, or have you done before? I, I do vocals in my in the, our other band, Destructo. Okay. But I at the time, I didn't really have much uh, experience with vo- doing vocals yet. And what style would your own vocal then be, Yella? My style. <laughs> yeah. Do we call it a style? Is it... I mean, in in the structure, it's really much of a like a barking, okay, and uh, yeah, snarling yeah. demon on a pet means <laughs> that's what it is. With a huge amount of reverb and and distortion. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, lads. I mean, again, I, I I honestly I couldn't tell the difference between you on the album who does the vocals because I think your vocal range and your vocal delivery is very similar. Would you think that's the same? No? no, no. I actually, mean, personally, uh, I think Christopher has very characteristic vocals. Uh, like his, um, he has that sort of hardcore-ish scream almost. But like, yeah, in a yeah, what what George said earlier, like sort of old school uh, emo it's violence. Really yeah, and George's voice is a lot deeper. It's um, okay. They, 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 they blend well together and you do sound great together in fairness like um, the artwork on the album that's on Mortal Coil um, yeah. is it a friend of yours or how did you come across it or how did you decide um, yeah so of course uh, I always think uh, one of the most important things of the album is not only the music but also the artwork mm-hmm. agree, so yeah. we really brainstormed on who to ask to do the artwork and um, there was one artist whose artwork I've been in love with for years which is Artem Grigoriev and um, yeah normally he does a bit more uh, like his style really reminds me a lot of Gustave Doré mm-hmm. uh, but normally uh, he, he doesn't really do any forests or landscapes or any of that okay. but I thought it might be a cool challenge to ask him to make that and yeah that's uh, pretty much uh, what we did um, mm. and I have to say we're really happy with uh, the delivery of it so you just gave him the concept of what you wanted, is it? And he basically designed it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was uh, all a bit fake. I just uh, explained him what the, the album uh, represented for us. Okay. Uh, I sent him the demos of the songs. Then he told me a bit what his vision was. Uh, and yeah, and then he just started drawing. And uh, yeah, a few months forward, uh, we received uh, the artwork, basically. Uh, before we go on to any more steps, or before we walk away or move away from Mortal Coil, lads, I just want to play a track for everybody else who's listening. This is from Mortal Coil, and um, I'll give you a taster of what Dud Street are all about.
So there you go, everybody. That's a taste of Didstrit, and that's the song called Shallow Graves from the album Mortal Coil. Um, honestly, lads, I can't promote this album enough. Uh, it's been on constant spin in my house and it for quite a long time, as you can see from behind me here, the album's on display. And again, I'd actually just show it for those who need to see it. And again, we might get a chance to see the artwork, which is incredible. Like, I mean, as you said, it does depict what the music's all about, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I, I really think so. Yeah, great stuff. Tell me, um, Yellow, your influences musically, what, what do you listen to yourself when you're not involved in your bands? Ooh. <laughs> mm. um, lo- yeah, lots of underground things mostly. Um, okay. I, my, my, I come really from like old school, heavy metal, fresh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So would you go back to the old school stuff? Do you go back to your 80s and 90s music? Or do you listen to more current bands playing that style of music? I do a bit of a mix. It depends yeah. a bit on, on how I feel on the day. Like I, I switch between, you know, uh, listening to Jesus Priest or uh, Motorhead or some days I'm, I'm only listening to Icelandic black metal. That it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very bit... varied, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... and... There's complete extremes there, yeah. What about yourself, George? What, 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 what influenced you firstly to play music and what do you currently listen to? Oh, that's uh, actually a really good question. Uh, I mean, yeah, for me, the, what really started for me, uh, this journey mostly with music has mm. been fresh metal. Yeah. Um, that's also how me and Yella got to know each other because we're, we're both uh, freshers when we were teenagers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we both were big fans of Exodus, but also some of the newer bands like Violator from Brazil, but also okay. Sepultura. And for me, what I really loved about uh, Thrash was that it was really a borderline between, uh, yeah, metal and punk, basically. Mm. And mm-hmm. I was really heavily into a lot of uh, hardcore punk, uh, especially Crust uh, and the Scandinavian and Japanese bands. So Mob 47, Anti-Steamex, Framtid, uh, Totalitar. Uh, but also, like I mentioned maybe before, Gizm, Deathside, uh, Kuro, you name it. And yeah, I mean, I guess the more older I got, the more newer stuff I started checking yeah. out. Uh, for me, also with black metal was kind of funny. Uh, my first introduction to black metal was stuff like Dimo Borgir, and I fucking hated it. I still <laughs> really, really fucking hate a lot of symphonic black metal. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... When I heard uh, Celtic Frost, uh, Bathory, Hellhammer, uh, for me, it sounded just like GBH and Discharge, but way more evil. But even Blasphemy, it sounded like a super evil version of Maple and Death. So I was really hooked into it. And yeah, then I guess after some time, I started getting into some more second wave-ish kind of bands. Uh, And before I knew it, uh, here I am. (laughs) Here you you are. Doing it all yourself, in fairness, yeah. Yeah. But again, like it just shows, doesn't it? I mean, the influences you have had, they do echo through your music. Like, I, as I said to you earlier, I can still hear that. I can hear 80s trash across your music, you know, especially in, I think in the melodies and the hooks that are in there. And um, I know I mentioned post black metal. I know you're not, I, I don't mean to label you with that. No, I mean, but I think is, there's so uh, much to hear in your music. I mean, there's so many influences. You can yeah. hear them all, you know. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, like, uh, I do know some people compared us to Death Heaven, for example, yeah. uh, some of those acts, but uh, yeah, I never really had much interest in them. But when it came down to, like, post-metal or post-rock, I really loved uh, a lot of the old work from ISIS. Uh, yeah. 
of course, um, also Godspeed to Black Hamper. Uh-huh. I think it's been one of the best live shows I've ever seen. But also some of the sludge classics like Neurosis. Yeah. Uh, I can really find myself uh, in those bands. And especially, I know Cult of Luna is one of Christopher's favorite all-time bands. So, yeah. yeah. But there's yeah. also been some slightly more, uh, well, unexpected influences uh, for for me personally. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, during the writing of Mortal Coil, I was listening a lot to Have a Nice Life and Jaws Corey, but okay. also to Elliot Smith, for example, which is a bit more singer-songwriter. Yeah. But, there is, but the thing with their music is uh, there's a certain, yeah, melancholy, but also downbringing uh, gloom to that music. That Yeah, I, I like a lot of singer-songwriters too, I think. Their music can be dark in its own way, like you know, um, it doesn't have yeah, to be. Exactly. It doesn't have to be uh, heavy and aggressive to be dark, like you know. Yeah, and also my all-time favorite band, which is actually not a metal band, uh, but it's uh, Pick Me Lush. It's uh, this one band with members from Page Ninety Nine, which yeah, Page Ninety Nine. That band uh, was actually also one of the reasons me and Christopher became such good friends, because okay. it's our mutual love for emo violence, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it was really funny because in that time, I remember all my bandmates would make fun of me for loving a lot of the emo violence stuff like Page 99. Uh, but in the end, yeah, this is what got me and Christopher together uh, with music. So It all worked out in the end, didn't it? It all worked out in the end. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> what about, we wanted a bit of touring, if you don't mind, um, lads. Yeah. Do you enjoy touring? Do you enjoy playing gigs? Or are you, are you oh, sort yeah. of inclined to enjoy studio work more? Or is that a fucking chore? Uh, I love them both in their own way, but yeah. I can definitely say now with everything what's going on, uh, I really, really miss touring. Yeah. Also, I got to be honest, uh, before the pandemic, uh, I was used to just be on tour uh, pretty much the of whole course, year. Yeah, sure. But I mean, like, the bands you had, yeah. Pl- if I would not be playing with my own bands, I would be yeah. uh, seeing shows or I would be going with friends of mine uh, that were touring themselves. Okay. Um, or we would go to festivals, you know. We were always on the road, basically. Yeah. Yeah, anything to add to that? Yeah, playing live shows is, is pretty essential for, for, for us, for, for me at least as well. And uh, just getting rid of, of energy and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's the outlet to burn off that that building up of angst. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I can Breaking down your, your, your normal work week and just like... Throwing I, it all out on stage and exactly, and I suppose the, yeah, like you have to do it as well, like from a financial point of view, lads. Am I right? I mean, so there's only so much money you can make, I suppose, from selling records, but you do need to be out there gigging, don't you, to somehow survive? I got to be very honest to you, we're not really yeah. making money with the band. <laughs> well, I suppose making no. money is the wrong wrong comment. Yeah. I suppose to survive would be more the point, to, and and to get the money when to make your next album. I always say it's nice to travel for free. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's definitely that, I never really expected like a financial gain. Out I get of you. Yeah. Playing gigs. I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, we all have our own jobs and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like it would be of course nice, uh, to be able to just tour as much as we can because yeah. for me, it's not about the money, but definitely about being able to see the world, uh, play shows and more importantly get to see a lot of bands that uh, uh, yeah yeah that you know that we don't know yet but might end up falling in love with for example exactly. with, uh, with this tour we're going to do in april uh we're going to play one show in prague 
And the band that's going to open up for that, sh- for that show is called Smyrna, if I pronounce it right. And okay. it's this medieval kind of black metal. And when I've heard their EP, they're going to like, okay, cool. We're playing with some bands. Let me check them out. I've heard their EP and I was like, holy fucking shit. This yeah. is fucking amazing. <laughs> and I also wrote the guys like straight away, like, I really cannot wait to play with you guys. Like, <laughs> there you go, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, I, I know it's not really about making money, I suppose that was the wrong comment to use. Like, but I suppose one show pays for the next show, like, and as you said, it gets gives you the opportunity to travel the world, I like, can see places and, and see bands that you probably wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, one thing that's at least nice is the band is self sufficient because we do everything yeah. ourselves. Uh, we were, yeah, we release uh, the records ourselves. Uh, for the yeah, Immortal Coil, I did the recording. Our friend Alexander, who also did the previous records, did the mixing. Mm. Uh, but also shipping out all the records and printing, yeah. uh, pressing all the records, printing all the merchandise. We do everything ourselves. So yeah, like, it's kind of nice that we can be self-sufficient in that sense. Yeah, I think people don't realize the work that's involved in it. You know, there's one thing about playing in a band, but as you said, like getting money to, together to get it recorded, to get it out there, to actually go through the the mundane jobs of shipping out records on a but daily, weekly basis. Like, I mean, and hold yeah. on a full-time job. It's, it's pretty fucking mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely pretty fucking mad. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, kind of funny because as of right now, uh, I'm uh, already like uh, preparing some CDs to get produced uh, for the label. I'm also now preparing all the merchandise to get pressed uh, or printed. I mean, yeah. for the tour. Then also I need to communicate with some book or some things. Uh, and also, I need to answer some other emails, and I also need to finish some edits for some other projects. <laughs> and I'm busy all the fucking time. And at Jesus. some point, I'm really, really asking myself, like, am I going insane or <laughs> what the fuck? But then in the end, I kind of realized also I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I also embrace this. So. Yeah, I got that impression. I got that impression, yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Yella? Are you, are you hands-on involved in any of the work with the band, as in shipping out stuff and getting mm. ready for gigs and traveling and all that? No, like the, the label side of things, uh, I leave it to Georgius since, since he runs the label and it's, yeah. you know, he's a professional uh, music music seller. <laughs> professional. <laughs> so I, I, just work, I just have a normal job in a warehouse on the side. Uh, but it's a, full, it's a full-time job, Yella, I take it. Yeah, it is 40, 50 hours a week, like. Yeah, 40, yeah. 40 hours a week. And uh, yeah, on the side, you know, and tell me, lads, gathering gear and uh, <laughs> rehearsing. <laughs> yeah, buying you're, you're, the mo- you're the muscle, so yeah, you're the muscle. Drag the gear around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, yeah. what about um, when you have travelled and you have already gigged? I take it you've done a few gigs as dead strict, like, but. What's the reception from from a live show? Because you know, as I said, your music like even it's high energy, is frantic at times. Yeah. But again, it's almost trance like at times as well. So yeah, the mosh pits are as if guys shoegazing, staring at the floor. And what's what's the reaction when you look out at, really, at the audience? It's uh, from what I can remember, it's really uh, it's really quite a weird mix to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because when I look in the audience, we have this one side which is like the punks. Yeah. Uh, the other side, I would say, is more like the old school black metal guys. Okay. And then the other side is somewhere in the middle of the two of them. Uh, it's quite a di- diverse audience, to be honest. Great. Great. That's good. I do remember from when we toured uh, in 2019. Uh, what's the yeah 2019? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the shows, that some of the D beat parts, 
uh, people would actually start moshing. And I was like, are people moshing at a black metal show? But they were like, oh, yeah, wait, there's also punk in this. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of see it as a black metal band. But at the same time, yeah, the punk influences are quite, uh, quite obvious. But yeah. then, of course, during the more uh, doomy and sludgy parts, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like really the build-ups, uh, yeah, then I guess most people are a bit more calm and just getting in the, in yeah, the getting zone. in the trance because that's mm-hmm. definitely what happens with us when we're playing this music, especially during the slower parts. It's very yeah. minimalistic and repetitive. So usually, I'm just shoegazing and Christopher as well, and just really building up to that final moment, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah, we we try to always bring the energy on on stage as well. Mm. Me and Jordis, I mean, we, we've been playing together for a very long time, and yeah, we know both like how how much energy we can put on the stage, and we always try to be where Christopher's kind of the calm center. We are the the storm on the side that's like uh, you know, full blown. up a storm either side of them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of hair going around and stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One, one thing I do remember is that everybody kept saying that we need to play longer. <laughs> because at okay. the time of the tour, it was like, we're playing four songs. We have very long songs, but it was, yeah. so it would be like, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes. But yeah. because it's only four songs, people... <laughs> see it as a short they set. see it as four songs and not four exactly. minutes worth of the chat I get you <laughs> yeah but and, and then you have people are saying thing. like oh we drove like for, for hours to see you guys uh, <laughs> and, and I feel really bad I'm like oh man yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry but we don't know any more songs <laughs> yeah but you know what's actually the best I remember where Christopher heard it for the first time like you should play longer it's like why would anyone want want to see us way longer? Yeah, also, I mean, why would you want to see a band way longer in general? The best I don't want set to see a band longer than 30 minutes. minutes. <laughs> he even said, like, the best set I saw was 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, more bands should just play 15 minutes. I was like, Christopher, you're crazy. He said <laughs> he walked away long. after 30 minutes of watching his, his favorite band, Cult of Luna. He was like, yeah, they played for one and a half hour, but I walked away after 30 minutes because that was enough. <laughs> well, I said, well, there is a limit, though, isn't there? I mean, what, what do you think yourself? Yeah, love, I mean, if you had the choice and you had the songs, like how long would you like to play on stage for? Or even going to see a band, how long mm, can you last? I'm, I mean, I, I really get his point. Uh, mm. And I, most of the times I don't like to see a band that plays much longer than half an hour either. Yeah. But with the, the length of our songs, I think we can do a little bit longer because it just, the time seems a lot shorter. Mm. It, it, the perception is really different when you have only yeah. four songs. So now we're going to play five songs upcoming tour. <laughs> so I think that's better because yeah, I mean, the funny thing with the five songs is that it's still a set list of almost 50 minutes. Yeah. And it's only yeah, five yeah, exactly. songs, but yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, th- I yeah. think that this really the limit, though. The, this, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, five songs, fifteen minutes. Is, I, think, uh... I think for me personally, the best uh, is still thirty to forty minutes. Yeah. I kind yeah. of, it, it really depends <clears throat> on super genre. For example, it's a punk band or a very fast, like uh, like total in your face, fuck off black metal band like mm-hmm. Catharsis or Enteus. I would love to see that for thirty minutes, but not longer than that. Yeah, but I mean, if it's that's total the beauty Luda, of the festival, though, isn't it? One hour is perfect. Yeah, Sorry? I mean the, the beauty of a festival is you get only a forty-minute slot, roughly there thereabouts, and yeah. I think it's 
it keeps people's attention that they can watch a band for 40 minutes and have yeah, exactly. the hunger to watch another band and keep going all day. Because if you were to, as you said, if you were to sit through a, a Cult of Luna show for an hour and a half and then go see a band afterwards, the, the, the love uh, isn't there. You're, like, you're yeah. done. You're, you're, <laughs> fucked, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also to be honest, when I go to festivals, I'd rather just see, yeah, the shorter bands to say that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been going to Roadburn Festival for quite a while, uh, and you would have uh, certain sets of like one hour or one half hour. Yeah, uh, but usually I would only watch 20 minutes of those as well and then go to the next band, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if same, I go to yeah, a club like... show, it's different. Yeah, yeah. And um, I suppose the music scene then in Amsterdam, obviously, like because you're, you're so heavily involved, George, in everything, yeah. basically. What, what's the scene like in Amsterdam? Is it thriving? Is it in a good place? Even post-pandemic, you know, considering two yeah. years ago, any fucking live music was was hard going. So mm, I gotta be honest, like uh, they kill it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, to be very honest, it's um, it's kind of funny. Amsterdam, for being such an international city, I kind of think the music scene around there is quite dead. While okay. other places mm-hmm. in the Netherlands have a very good scene. Yeah. For example, Utrecht, which is in the center of the Netherlands, you have mm-hmm. some pretty good black metal bands coming from there. Okay. Uh, for example, Terseide Horde, which are also friends of us. Uh, you also have one band where I play bass in for Wood. Uh, uh, but also in around the Gelderland area. Uh, or actually, let me think, is it Gelderland? I'm not sure, but I think the Heres is Novio Magi circle. I think they're either from yeah, like Nijmegen. Gelderland, yeah, Nijmegen, that kind of area. Mm. Uh, they have bands like Turia, Lubertas, uh, Solar Temple, uh, Fluisteraars, and those bands are really, really fucking good. Okay, okay. Um, and I guess also in the more recent years, there's been more of a focus on Dutch black metal as well. Yeah. Which is a good thing, but for Amsterdam... For the size, it's very disappointing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to be very honest with you. Uh, I think uh, I don't know any black metal bands that are active from Amsterdam. Really? Really. I know a lot of really good punk bands, but yeah. black metal bands. It's mad, isn't it? I mean, it's, as you said, like, it, it's, you would think there'd be a tribe music scene in Amsterdam in all genres of music. I mean, not to, so you have I to travel out of, out of Amsterdam so to see bands yourselves. You can't. Well, yeah. it's not really long. The Netherlands are so small. If I go <laughs> yeah. to Utrecht, it's 30 minutes by train. Ah, sure. That's, that's, okay, that's easy yeah. one. Yeah, so yeah we, we we are used to like traveling to to Utrecht or Tilburg or Eindhoven for 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 gigs more. Yeah, because uh, the metal scene in Amsterdam is is uh, very disappointing. Also, mm. yeah, because we like old school stuff more in the south and the east. It's, it's, there's more being booked there. There's a band from Belgium yeah. coming over to Tilburg yeah. and Eindhoven and. Uh, Belgium seems to have a good scene, as doesn't it? At the moment, there seems to be a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot of Belgium. young bands. Uh, yeah, yeah, working really, really hard. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. can I can I ask you as well, lads, about uh, Brendan Duffy? And even just saying the name, he sounds like my next door neighbor. You know, uh, he yeah. obviously has Irish connections. Am I right? Can I sure you, does. Can you elaborate on that? I think yeah, his well, dad is from from Ireland, and so he's half Irish. Okay. They yeah. have a, a place somewhere in Dundalk, I believe. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, will that will that somehow get you across the water over to Ireland? Would you? Is it something you you could even see yourselves doing at some stage 
Yeah, that would be great to to, to be great play sure. uh, play a gig in Dublin or something. That um... yeah, like there's there's a great scene at the moment in in Cork where I'm from, which is mm. the south of Ireland. There's a great metal scene at the moment, and um, thanks to Richie actually from the Metal Cell podcast, who's put some huge work into sort of showcasing it. You know, and Dublin's the same. So I think had you if you were to come over, I think there'd be plenty, yeah, plenty of people would be there to watch you. You know. Yeah. Also speaking about Ireland, uh, isn't other flakes from Ireland actually? They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Many yeah, bands from uh, Ireland. We, we, could, we could go. We could spend a night talking about Irish bands <laughs> here now. Yeah. There's some yeah, great metal yeah. in Ireland at the moment. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, all, yeah, for me, still the top two is going to be other flakes and Thin Lizzy, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say Lizzy anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can never have too much Lizzy. What's your favorite no, Lizzy album? Actually, have you a favorite? Ooh, that's a really tough one. Live and Dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I have an album from them. It's um, it's a live album called Life. Now, I think it got slated because the recording wasn't great, but it, it sounds very real to me. It sounds harsh at times, but that's the way it should be. It wasn't overproduced. So that's one yeah. you should check out, George, I think. Um, mm. I mean, I, know, I do know Life and Dangerous because uh, I remember I was talking with a friend of mine from Hamburg uh, and he told me, like, name one album that's better than, uh, one life album that's better than Life and Dangerous. And I remember I got in a discussion with him because I said Life at Hammersmith from, uh, oh no, No Sleep, uh, no Sleep Till Hammersmith from Motorhead. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oof, you're making me really tough for me. But honestly, <laughs> yeah, I really don't know what to pick as a favorite album from Thin Lizzy. I mean, yeah. Jailbreak is really fucking good, but mm-hmm. also the self-titled is yeah, really yeah. good, but it's hard to pick. Yeah, A Legend of a Man. A legend. And the last one, I like the last one as well. Would you be a fan of Lizzie as well, Yella? Yeah. I am a huge fan, yeah. <laughs> Very big uh, Lizzie fan. So I, I, I'm assuming no one got to see them. Have you seen the, have you even seen Lizzie without Phil? No. No, no, no. nor have I, but I know they were touring for a while. I heard that yeah, the they were booked on Grasspop, I believe. Uh, yeah, but I don't what know about... if 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 I would be interested in in seeing them. No, in, in that way. no, it's not the same, really, is it? No, no. no I mean, you know, like uh, Thin Lizzy without Phil. Maybe yeah. For me, it's like Motred without Lemmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would just be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just feels it just feels wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, that you don't witness yeah, the exactly. man himself exactly. So that can I ask you about a new album? Are you working on anything at the moment? Is have you been in the studio recording? Have you stuff written, lyrics or music? Uh, yeah. Well, I've I've been sending around some ideas to Christopher, but to be honest, we've been so busy preparing for the tour in April and mm-hmm. with some other stuff that yeah, uh, I didn't really have the time to really focus on it yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we were we were recently in Sweden recording some stuff, but yeah, we were yeah. in the studio last last weekend, but not for for recording new uh, new oh. material. Okay, <laughs> no, so some stuff it. that some surprises that are gonna come yeah. up later. Yeah, can, well, what was that there, Yella? Can you elaborate on that? There some surprises. What are they? Can you share some some opportunities that came up and. Uh, yeah. In a few weeks, uh, there will be some some things coming. Uh, okay, I think keep keep us in suspense. So yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Big so things thought, are coming. But... Big things are coming. Yeah, watch, watch like this every space, local please. band ever set. Big things are coming. Watch this space. <laughs> watch this space. Exactly. Yeah. So I I suppose like 
it's all about touring. So this year, isn't it? Twenty twenty two, making up for. We hope so. I mean, making uh, up for the last time, yeah, for most. Yeah, fans. I mean, we haven't been been able to really play these songs live yet, so that's also yeah. kind of weird. We, you released an album now, like more than half a year ago. Yeah, and still you have not really have the the fulfillment of playing the the songs live. So it's yeah. Something to look forward to for you as well as the people who go to the gigs. Like you yeah, said, yeah. You, you love playing live, lads. See, that's that's your thing. We do. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to be quite busy uh, starting from March because uh, we also have some shows with Destructo, mm-hmm. um, and then also I think I have maybe one or two shows with Farood, and then also me and Yella we're going to be joining uh, this project from a friend of us, um, and we also already got a show booked for that in December, I think. Uh, okay. So yeah, at this point, uh, I think Yellow is now playing in four bands, and I think oh. I'm playing in seven bands now. Oh and... wow, seven bands and four. <laughs> Fuck it, lads. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Yellow because you're. Let me see, Dutchred, Destructo, uh, Einsoff, and then with Atlas Void. By all means, share the band four. names, lads. Yeah. Let's get them out there if yeah. you want to show the so. names. Out. <laughs> so. so yeah, we're definitely going to be busy in uh, the coming time. Yeah, um, I suppose I just want to mention Wolves of Hades there as well, George, because we touched on this before we yeah. went live, because I myself didn't even realise you were the, the man and the brains behind it. Um, how yes. long has that been going on? Oh, fucking hell, that's... Uh... I don't even know how long I've been going on with yeah. this. Ten, ten years? Just... Over 10 years now, right? Oh, is it? No, not over 10 years. Uh, I think maybe eight years or something. Um Fuck, I really don't know. I think, I think nine years now. I think next year it's going to be 10 years, actually. Yeah, yeah. Close, to, close to 10 years. Close to 10, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, before Wolves of Hades, I was already setting up shows and that kind yeah. of stuff. And at some point, I just wanted to put it under a banner, basically. Put a name on it, exactly. Yeah, and also more importantly, uh, when we started out with Nuclear Devastation, we really had this DIY mentality that we didn't want to work with any labels. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, to be very honest, I'm not going to put any names or anything but uh i know quite some friends of mine that had some pretty horrible experiences with some bigger labels as well yeah yeah which also was for me a reason like fuck it i'm gonna do this differently you can do it you yourself know? exactly yeah. yeah do it myself but also release the music of my friends and give them you know treat them the way i would like to be treated by a label you know there you go you see and that's, that's the also- difference yeah yeah, I mean, that's already what I'm seeing. For example, uh, I'm releasing not only with Wolves of Hades, but also uh, our other label, Argento Records. I've been releasing the, the music of quite some of my friends. And, you know, they've been getting in the meanwhile some other offers from other labels. And they were always telling me, like, yeah, man, honestly, it's much chiller that we can just have this more formal relationship together and that we can trust each other, you know? Like, yeah. you just, you're not going to fuck me over, but I know no, some other label no. might try it. Exactly. You know, I mean, and you've also, been there. You know what it's like. So you're the guy to to trust, yeah, basically, aren't you? Yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, I've seen it with some. Yeah, and I've also seen it with friends of mine that now they have a band or a one man project that's been doing really well. And then some other labels are like trying to get them on board, uh, mm. just because yeah, they're seeing money signs. But yeah, that's kind of shitty. But luckily, I can say for sure there are still a lot of labels that are definitely doing it for the passion. That's I mean, if hear. I look, for example, at, let's say, Fun Records in Germany, uh, or, yeah, I was called uh, Tartarus Records uh, in the Netherlands, which is also a DIY label. 
Uh, I know some of the people there personally, and I can definitely say uh, they're really doing it for the passion, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's, music, and yeah. usually that's also how it starts out, you know? It's like uh, something to do out of passion that sometimes it really grows into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Yella, anything to add there? I keep having to ask you that question because I can't see you and I can't see your reaction. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry if I keep saying the same thing, but that's just to see what you, what you reckon. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not involved much in his label business, but I play in a lot of the bands that are released on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 yeah, I, I support the, the whole, you know, keep it, keep it on the ground, keep it exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. close to the bands as well, you know, have them let their say and their creative freedom to, to um, release the music as they, as they see fit. And also the packaging that comes around it, like, uh, you know, we we like to collect vinyls. We like mm. our vinyls to look nice, have a good packaging, have a good yeah. uh, print of the artwork and yeah. everything. And we, we we value that a lot. So some some labels will cut corners on that. You know, they they want to just yeah, put it, it on it, flimsy cardboard. And, and yeah, it's nice to have control of those things. Like, isn't it? It's nice to have a say. Yeah, yeah and especially yeah. with vinyl because I think. People that are, that are gonna buy a vinyl, they want to have a, the extra experience of the band. Mm-hmm. They want to have a little bit more than just uh, a CD or a yeah. digital download. Uh, yeah, I mean, not to talk down on CDs, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's you have the the bigger artwork, the yeah, extra it's, it's booklet, nice to have, it's nice to have nice, the, the physical yeah. thing in your hand, isn't it? Makes it a huge difference. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's also another reason why I. I started releasing vinyl because uh, one thing I really hated was seeing some labels cut corners, you know, just mm. to save a few extra bucks. And with all the releases uh, I do, um, I really try to, you know, have the packaging in a way that I would like to have my own records, you know? Yeah. yeah. So whenever it is uh, doing a gatefold or putting an obby strip or doing a nice color of vinyl or just looking at the extra details on the artwork, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, next to doing audio, I do some graphic design in my free time. So of course, of course you do. Yeah. There was half an hour free in your day. You might as well do something with it. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> You're so man. Um, the pressing plants. Have you any t- issues dealing with the pressing plant plants, George, at the moment? I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a, it's, a uh, it's a sore subject. A sore subject, I can imagine. It's a very, it's a very sensitive uh, subject. Yeah, no, yeah. but in all seriousness, uh, yeah, it's been a very difficult time for, especially for all the indie labels to yeah. get their music on vinyl now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I know that the average waiting time for some pressing plants is literally twelve months. Oh, as of now. It's crazy. Yeah, isn't I'm it? seeing yeah. now early twenty twenty three for for new releases on coming on yeah. summer labels. It's like. Holy shit. Yeah. Right now, I think I have six or seven records uh, right now in queue at the pressing plant. And actually, I need to give them a call tomorrow because uh, I still didn't receive the test pressings for Face of Sanity, which is okay. this uh, project of some friends of mine that I'm putting out. They're also on tour with us. Mm-hmm. And I kind of need the records for Roadburn and for the tour. And yeah. when I did a calculation with them, I was like, yeah, so am I going to get the stuff for April? Uh, and they're like, yeah. We think so, and right now I'm getting a bit nervous because still didn't get a test press. 
Yeah, I'm sick of opening my emails and seeing delays and records. Oh, record. I've been also, waiting fucking months for like, and it's pushed forward and pushed back, pushed back, sorry, constantly. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, also, I'm going to make it even worse for you. Um, when we sent Mortal Coil to the, press, Mortal Coil to the pressing plant, it mm. was, uh, I think, in November of 2020. Uh, the record was supposed to come out in uh, May of 2021. Or no, yeah. 2020? Uh, do I say oh, it right? Or yeah. 21. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 21. Uh, in the end, because of all the delays, the vinyl uh, only got out in fucking August, I think. That's right. Just because uh, it was the first bad luck after the other bad luck with that fucking release. And looking back, no, that, that, wasn't, the, that wasn't the worst time frame when you consider what you're waiting for now. Uh, yeah, it only got yeah, worse since then. It's getting worse. <laughs> it only got yeah. worse since then. I was lucky because I remember when we opened the pre-orders, it sold out. The first pressing sold out quite fast. Mm. And yeah, I told already people like, yeah, because I made a calculation and first I was supposed to receive the records in March. So I was like, you know what, just to have some safe time frame, I'll do the release in May. Then okay. I'll get the records on time. If anything happens, you know, I can still be on time with the release. Yeah. I really took everything in mind until everything went wrong. But yeah, remember when uh, we were facing the delays, I had to send out so many emails and updates to people just to go like, hey, you're getting your record, but please understand yeah. there is this fucking drama going on with the pressing plan. This and this happened, blah, blah. And luckily, most people were very understanding and told me, yeah, don't worry. You know, we'll mm -hmm. see the records. Just keep me posted. Or they would send me an email like, hey, I, I moved to a new uh, address. Can you maybe change my address? Oh, yeah. Those kind of things. But I also had a few people that thought I was uh, some Amazon fulfillment center and would, uh, <laughs> yeah, and literally would insult me. And then I was like, you know what? Here, I canceled your order. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a DIY label. What the fuck are you expecting from me? You I know? know. I know. You can't please everybody, George. Fuck's sake. You can't please everybody. No, but luckily, most people have been super supportive. Even with the vinyl, with all the delays, I had so many people that, uh, you know, that even like, uh, because sometimes I would see people on forums or something, right? Like, hey, anyone knows what's happening with the Dutch Radio yeah. And people would communicate like, oh, yeah, the label posted this statement, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Please you understand. See that. There's delays and, you know, indie labels are fucked. Because, mm. yeah, right now it's very hip to press vinyl. I mean, I'm seeing vinyl from video games to movie soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, more and more coming up. You already mm. had them, but now it's really a big hype. Has, and, yeah. of course, Adele, who decides to press half a million fucking records. <laughs> or Taylor Swift, who presses the 45 RPM records. And then everyone who buys it is like, oh, why is a man singing on this record? Maybe you need to press the 45 RPM button, you fucking idiot. <laughs> All the issues, the issues they have, huh? Yeah. So uh, I suppose to wrap it up there, lads, um, I have three questions I want to throw at you. Um, and I'm going to let George go first, Yella, because mm -hmm. I gave him a little bit of a heads up before we came on. So the first question, lads, is if you could go into the studio and record any song from any band, any decade, it can be any time at all, what track would it be? So, George, what do you think? Have you, had, have you even had time to think about it? Well, the funny thing is, uh, I had, and I still really have, I really still have no answer for it. It's, no. Uh, it's very difficult. I mean, at some point, uh, yeah, at some point I was really thinking like, okay, fuck, which song would it be? You know, let's say if it was, if it was not that shit, yeah. Then I think with one song that I would definitely would have loved uh, to have recorded with one of my bands uh, would have been Orgasm from X-Japan. Okay. Actually, we were considering covering it with uh, Destructo at some point. Very good. But Might still have yeah. been, yeah. 
That's a good answer. Yeah. All I'm saying. That's a good answer. I know I've given you very, very little time yet to have uh, think about that, but <laughs> throw me anything. What track? It doesn't have to be metal. It can be from any any walk of life. Is there any track that you'd love so, to go into the studio so and? It would be like a re-recording of of, of yeah, a track. exactly a cover version, right, equality, right. even yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, same same route as as George a bit. I I think I would want to do the the hammer from Motorhead, also nice. with my other band, Destructor. Brilliant. Just cool cause because, that. yeah, full speed, uh, <laughs> full speed ahead, and just full adrenaline. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, those live live uh, the live footage of of them playing the hammer. I think it was on German TV. It's absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, second question there for you, George. First, if you could go on stage with any band and Motorhead play a gig, what's that? Motorhead straight up. I don't even. I won't even finish the question. Yeah, it's always yeah. Motorhead. Yeah, Yella, have you similar taste? If you could play, I mean, on I, stage I would say the same, band. but uh, I, I can't answer the same thing twice. So, um. <laughs> it can be from any any decade. You can go back to again sixties, seventies, whenever. Oof! That's <laughs> too much of a choice, isn't it? Yeah, there's so much choice. Depends, like that depends with what band. If if it was, yeah, like you said, if it was with Dotrit, I would choose my band differently, I think, than with mm -hmm. maybe, for example, our other project. Yeah. Because style-wise. Um... We leave you off the hook here, so I think yeah, that, is, that was um, too short notice to ask a question, <laughs> that, that, that huge. So, yeah, as I have you, yeah, let, give me um, a band to look out for this year or an album to look out for that you can highly recommend. Hmm. Um, and self promotion is okay. You can mention one of your own bands if you want. Shout out to the homies. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I already know a few, actually. Shout away. Yeah, so you're George, you're yeah, releasing you stuff, so that's easy. No, no. This, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to self promote, but really, the new Ultra Silvum record. Yeah, that's really cool. that one's going to be good. Ultra Silvum from uh, Sweden. Okay. They're it's not out yet, right? Uh, no, they're putting out this uh, new record. Uh, yeah, it's going to uh, come. This year, I already heard, I think, one or two songs. And it was really, really good. But also their debut album, The Spearwound Salvation, hands down one of the best albums uh, that I've heard uh, in the past, uh, definitely the past decade, actually. Wow, okay. It's Big really praise. straight up, it's really straight up aggressive uh, black metal with still a melodic touch without being yeah. cheesy. It, the best way I can describe it is just um, Swedish black metal uh, in its worst uh, in its worst evil incarnation, basically. <laughs> that I tell you, you should print that. That's yeah, I, I to, like to how you bring it back I like to, that description. To, That's a good to, description. To bring it back to classic heavy metal, I'm, I would shout out uh, Lucifer. It's coming out with a full length album on High Roller Records, I think. Perfect. It's, yeah, it's it's the guys from Vulture, uh, their side heavy metal side project. Okay, and it's just like eight years songwriting, uh, really good bass parts, really good twin leads and mm -hmm. heavy hooks. Yeah, nice. Oh, also, cool. one more shout out: uh, yeah. the Night Eternal. Okay. That, yeah, that fucking album. 
92 was an amazing year. album as well. I think it came out end of last year somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Great stuff, guys. Come here, lads. Um, thanks for taking the time out to chat to me. Uh, truly appreciate it. Um, yeah, that thanks for your voice. <laughs> we can't no see problem. the face. We'll have to put, we'll put some kind of um, a picture up maybe in, in your place. We, we'll have to we'll have another think about that. Maybe a Simpsons yeah. caricature or something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, lads, I wish you all the best with Mortal Coil. Um, as I said, uh, I, I can't, I can't tell people any more than they already have how good it is. And um, I just wish you well on the tours this year. Um, I hope I get to see you somewhere down the line, whether I travel to you or you manage to get across the water to Ireland. But either way, the very best of luck, lads. And thanks for taking time out to talk to me and to be part of the Smashing Skull sessions. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thank you, dude. Thanks for the kind words. And everybody else, please go to their Bandcamp page and support the guys and buy their merchandise. As I said, directly Adam's behind me there. I, I, again, I can't say enough about these guys. Goodbye, goodbye. So that's thanks again. Yeah.